0: This is Creed and Deed, a podcast discussing biblical truth and its application to everyday life.
1: Indeed. Here we are on the podcast. We got Tim Hare on the line. Tim, welcome in, brother. And you've got Rob Lindley here today. It's going to be a great podcast. It has been a great podcast. Genesis 1 through 3 has been rocking, Tim. I'm so I'm glad you're here today. How you doing? I'm good. We're, we're both on the line, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, we're both on the line. We are on the line. We we've been talking uh, a lot in the Genesis one through three. Give us a quick summary up to date of where we are right now.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. So so Genesis one, God creates everything. He fashions everything. Uh, he he creates the realms and then he fills those realms. Uh, And it's and it's all good. Uh, Genesis 2, he focuses in on creation of of the man and he places man in a very uh, unique and special place in the garden. Uh, He puts them really in a in a temple like garden. Uh, It's uh, the the Garden of Eden mirrors uh, aspects of the temple that you see later on in Scripture. Uh, And he and he charges him to. To, to, to rule uh, he charges them to, to have a, a kingly like responsibility in in carrying out the reign of God into the world um, and he he fashions for him a helper to do that a woman and so they are uh, they are in placed in the garden together uh, to nurture it and to bring about the blessing of the Lord into the world and but he he, he gives them a uh, a, a, a solemn warning not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and uh, in the uh, chapter three we see the temptation narrative and how they give into that. They uh, they look at it, they uh, desire it, and they take, um, and then shame fills their hearts and they are they are expelled from the garden, um, and and God. God really, um, and we I don't even know that we necessarily talked about this, but I think there is a element of God's grace in his expulsion from the garden because he sees um, that uh, in verse 22 of chapter 3, he says, "...behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever." Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He knew that uh, it would not be a, a good place if Adam were able to live forever and be inclined towards evil. Uh, and so in some regards death is is a is a gracious thing from the Lord. Uh, but yeah he places the cherubim oh, yeah. with the flaming sword to guard the way and they are expelled from the
1: garden. A lot happening in Genesis 1 through 3, just a huge timeline of 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 events and the the foundations of why we uh, why there is evil in the world, what happens here, how does this all how does all this fit together? Death and God's plan of restoration and his plan from the beginning. Of uh, being with man in a a place provided by God will come to fruition at the end, but it's going to take take some time. So we we kind of see this this playing out here. The fall has happened, and now the first story after the fall is just a representation of of. Of now, what the world looks like, and um, yeah, Yeah, and I think a a lot of times people,
0: you know, people think of three and four as 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 two different narratives, and they are to a certain extent. But I think it's important to realize that uh, the genealogies in Genesis give you the break in the narrative, and so Genesis four is meant to be seen as an immediate. Uh, flow out of Genesis 3. And so if you think of Genesis 3 as as Adam and Eve uh, falling in their vertical relationship as they are expelled from the garden, uh, I think you could say that Genesis 4 then is a glimpse of how their fall from the relationship with the Lord affects the relationship among men. So you have more of a, a horizontal brokenness that gets highlighted in
1: chapter 4. Yeah, chapter 4, you know, it's interesting when we when we're dealing with this podcast and people are reading this, there uh there there's a lot of emotion um in this text. I mean, when you when you read Genesis 4, there's just a lot uh in this story that just brings about um maybe maybe pain in in our world and and what we what we experience on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, even in the news and in, in our own lives, um, there, there's a lot here that's just, just rich for, for understanding the now broken world in which we live and the need for the, the one who is to come, the one who is, is the savior. Tim Tim, yeah. tell us tell us about this creed and then we'll we'll uh, we'll will apply these truths yeah. to oh. to the biblical what, sense. Let's just
0: begin in and let me read verse one of chapter four. It says now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And and I think right there you begin to see a problem. Uh you you see a problem in in, in the heart of Eve. Uh, because the emphasis here is her saying, I have done this. I, I have gotten it. I have, uh, it, it's, 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 it's almost more of, I have created a man. That's really what the, I have gotten, uh, is, is, I think even a, maybe a, a better translation of, but I have created a man with the help of the Lord. Uh, and, and mm. what you're going to see and, and we'll maybe get to it a little bit later, but at the end, uh, in verse 25, when she uh, after everything happens with Cain and you you see his his generation just completely is full of evil. but it says And Adam knew his wife again and she bore her son and called his name Seth, for she said, God has appointed for me another offspring. So her emphasis completely changes between Cain and between between Seth. And so from the from the very beginning, you can see that the life of Cain, uh, may may have some problems, uh, and and those problems yeah, are immediately and that, seen.
1: And often in our children, um, you know, we see uh, in our children maybe some of the the faults or the the areas in which we're not so proud of, and and maybe as a result of Cain's sin, um, Eve is is or Cain is actually. Uh, seen here later in the text as as reflecting her mom in actually trying to work um, or do herself what what uh, what only the Lord can do, even even in his offering of sacrifice, he is his pride and, and arrogance in his offering that it that it that it should be acceptable for God and 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 god does not receive it so yeah very interesting here for us is as we break this down into application that uh sometimes um you know our so eve has not only wanted to be like god but now she is is prideful in what she has created and what she has done her work and so it's almost this this, you know, this flip flop back from, you know, I, 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 I want to, uh, the, this, this fruit. And now it's like, look at how good I am. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and we can sometimes be like that and our children can be like that. And, and God humbles us in that process. Absolutely. Do you think Absolutely. that, uh, do you think that, uh, Eve thought here, I, I've read some commentaries on this, but, uh, do you think that Eve thought that the answer or or the 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 offspring that's going to crush the head of Satan is 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 Cain himself?
0: I think that there's a definite possibility of that. Uh, that okay, God's just said an offspring. So, um, all right, here's Cain. We've done this. Uh now, now we can, we can get back into the garden. Uh, I think that's, de- I think, it, it, you know, it's not explicit in the text, but I, I think it's definitely uh, a, a thing to kind of consider that that might
1: be in her mind. Yeah. Cause, cause his name means valued possession and in, in her, in her expression here, you know, it's almost like this expression of like, here's the man here, here he is, right? Like I have done this to now overcome Satan and try and get back into the garden In the Hebrew, it's, it's more clear, but, but, you know, uh, there is this thought process that this, this valued possession, she, she kind of believes may be the savior, right?
0: Yeah. I think, I think it, it, it very well could be. And what you find out very quickly is that, God has another plan. But let me read two through five real fast because there's a lot in this. Yeah. Uh, It says, and again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. Now, kind of the the, the question of, of the passage for a lot of people is uh why did God have regard for Abel's offering, but not for Cain's? And, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the word I was pulling up my logos, so that's what that sound was. Uh I think the word there that he had no regard is more that he he gazed upon. He had an intense gaze upon Abel's and not on Cain's, and so it's not so much of a a rejection of Cain's, but a a uh, intense ga- gaze on Abel. And and I think it's there even with 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 uh, with God's question of to Cain here in a minute, like. You can remedy this. Like you can solve this problem. Like there's there's hope for you. So I haven't I haven't fully rejected you, but you need to uh, you need to get your heart in line with what uh, with, with what with where it needs to be
2: open when you're not with us. with your ride and come and save us. Let those you love be saved and know that you hear us. Come and save us. Come and help us with your ride and come and save us. Let those you love be saved and
0: know that you hear So Rob, what what do you think? What do you think is the the, the reason why God uh, had regard for Abel's, but not for Cain's.
1: And I know there's differing. Well, segments. I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Okay. I'm going to cheat a little bit in, uh, in, in going to the New Testament. Author Hebrews tells us that uh, that by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith. Though he died, he still speaks. So, I think I think Abel had the right heart before God. He's he's offering the sacrifice in faith that God um, will accept the sacrifice, not based upon his own works. And I think that goes back to Eve here saying that i have I have gotten a man, um, and so I think uh, Abel's heart was was a more pride of himself rather than um, a a heart for God's grace and mercy in his sacrifice in coming before the Lord, knowing that uh, he is unworthy. And I think you see that because of what happens next, because Abel brings the firstborn and the fat portions and uh, and Cain, uh, does not. And, and, and so that heart, right. Of, uh, I am unworthy, uh, to come before the Lord and I need his grace and mercy. And therefore I am bringing the best. Um, that heart is the right heart in coming before God. I need his salvation, his grace, not my own, and he also has the right sacrifice, right? Because um, Cain is a worker of the ground, and um, and so he brings an offering from the ground, which ultimately will 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 not be the picture of the ultimate sacrifice, which is Christ, the Lamb of well, God. So let me slain. let me push back just uh, a little bit
0: there, because when you get to the Levitical law both of these offerings are legitimate offerings. So uh, because not everybody had the ability to give a lamb. So he makes, so God makes, there's, there's grain offerings. There's, there's all sorts of offerings. So they're both legitimate offerings. I think, I I think there's three things. One uh, is, is the key word there, firstborn of Abel. So, so Abel gave the, the first fruits, like, you know, this this is first. And first, this is the best. What whatever comes first, Lord, I'm giving it to you. It doesn't specify that uh, about Cain's offering. Uh, the other thing uh, is is you begin to see this sets forth a pattern for how uh, God is going to kind of work in even just kind of the the rest of especially the Hebrew Bible. Uh, but you have. Um, uh, Cain is a worker of the ground. Abel is a keeper of sheep, which means Abel is a shepherd. Cain would be a would be a, a farmer. Uh, now, if we were to just mm-hmm. give a, just a quick insight on some uh, ancient Near Eastern biblical economics, the powerful people of the day, the empires were built upon the farmers. They were the they were the landowners. They were the the ones who who kind of ran. The, the empires that, that that built these things. And so so Cain kind of has this more of an idea of a position of power. Shepherds were outcasts. Uh they 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 were poor. And so uh you have a motif that runs through the scriptures of God choosing the outcast shepherd to 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 be the one who uh who who his delight is going to be upon. Uh, and then and then with that you also have God choosing the younger over the older, and that's going to happen over and over again, especially in Genesis. He's going to choose Isaac over Ishmael. He's going to choose Jacob over Esau. And then, if you carry it through, he's going to, he's going to choose David, who kind of is both of these, right? He's a shepherd and he's the youngest. Uh, and so, in this, right. you, you can see these. This is this is laying out for us uh, how God is going to
1: operate throughout the the rest of the storyline, right? So so in my my understanding here I I think that there is some debate upon the grain versus the meat offering but in in my understanding the grain offering is something that the Lord receives but without I mean Hebrews 9:22 tells us without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins and so in the process of offering the blood atonement through the first and the best of, of the animal here, the, the sheep there, there is this, this thought process that um, Cain's, I mean, Abel's humility is seen. I am deserving of death. And yet this sheep is taking my place upon this altar. And Again, I think that there's a humility in Abel that's not in Cain, and so while I think the Lord receives the grain offering, it is not the better offering, right? the the best The better offering is obviously Christ, and that's what Hebrews tells us. The better that Christ is better than any anything, but um, in this case. I liked how you how you saw saw that that he gazed upon Abel's offering. It's not that he rejected. Um, uh, well, he did reject Cain's offering, but but he, it's not that he didn't have any regard for Cain's offering. But but it it is the fact that he gazed upon Abel's offering in a way that made uh, Cain jealous. Yes. Yeah. But verse five tells us that Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So he has no regard, not based upon the grain, but b- because of his heart. Right. And I think that's the key behind I it.
0: think I think it's all about it's it is all It is all about his his heart. Um, and, and this is what this leads really right mm-hmm. into kind of the next couple of verses here. Um, verse six, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? He says, if you do well, if you do good, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Uh, Man, so there's a lot in there in those two verses because um, we, we saw the last time in looking at Genesis 3, uh, those some of those kind of key words that were in the temptation where the woman saw saw that it was good uh, that it w- uh, that the tree was to be desired, it's a delight to the eyes and and um, she gave and and, and she took uh, and, and so you, so so some of these key words here that the do well will you not do well that's that's very the 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 root the, like the very it's very similar to the word for tov uh, and then you have this sin is 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 crouching like it's a it's 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 a it's a term describing like a crouching animal like a tiger that's about to pounce uh mm. then you have this word desire mm. and then you have this you need to rule over it which is what Adam and Eve were supposed to be doing in the garden right they're supposed to rule over the beasts right. in the field and they allow this serpent to come in and they don't they rule over it uh and so so it, it's there's some this is a this is a, this is a temptation moment for Cain uh, it's almost as if Abel is kind of set up as as the the forbidden fruit. Like, don't don't take the life of your brother. You need to rule over this. Don't do it. I know you you have a longing to, and you think it's going to appease your anger and your jealousy, but don't do it. Uh, well, we we know what happens. And uh, the other interesting right. and, and the there's I, I've, I've I've read some guys that that there's a couple books that have been read. You know, I haven't read the books, but I've read what some guys say about these, the book, but sin is crouching at the door, that word door. Most of the time when preachers preach that it's, it's, they, they think of it as the metaphorical door to their heart. Like sin is crouching at the door of your heart. Uh, the problem with that right. is, is never in, in the Hebrew Bible is that word used in that manner. There's not a, there's not a, an under, they don't have that kind of mindset. And so uh, the, it doesn't seem to fit with how kind of the Hebrew language uh, would describe that thing. So here, here's an interesting possibility, all right, uh, that the door that he's referring, that is crouching at the door is actually, it's at the entrance back into the inner sanctuary of the garden. So, so if you remember in Genesis 2, there's mm. these, these different geographical locations. And so you have the very inner Uh, garden where the tree of life is and then you have kind of another aspect of of the garden and then you have outside of the garden and and so uh what it says in genesis 3 24 is that the cherubim and the flaming sword they turned every but they're they're at the east of the garden of eden and and the cherubim is guarding the way of the tree of life so it actually Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that they were expelled from all of the garden, just from the very inner sanctuary. And that, that fits with the temple imagery that we see later, where where people, there's certain people that had access to various parts in the temple, but forbidden in the Holy of Holies. And that's where the cherubim is. The cherubim is guarding them. Wow. And so it's almost as if Abel and, and Cain, they're coming to bring this offering before the door hoping to get back into the inner sanctuary because that's what God did for, for Adam mm-hmm. and Eve. He, 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 killed an animal, he clothed them and then wow. he, and he expelled them. Uh, and so, so it, it, I think that kind of fits with, uh, the, what, what we've seen in the narrative so far. So we shouldn't necessarily, I don't think see the door as a, as a metaphorical part of the heart, but an, a, more of a literal door of entry back into the, the inner presence
1: with the Lord. Oh wow yeah, Tim this, this is this is fantastic because you know this this means so much oh, to man. us yeah today it means so much I mean obviously we are we are desiring to be in the presence of God and therefore when we come before the Lord, it is with the right heart and the right sacrifice, Tim. It, it, it is with the heart of humility that we cannot save ourselves. It is with the sacrifice of Christ and faith in the finished work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is, it is that Jesus died on the cross for us, and we, and we are, and and He talks about this door that that He will open mm-hmm. in Revelation, right? And, right. You know, yeah. seek and you will find. knock and the door will be opened to you. Yeah. And, and and this is beautiful picture for us as as believers, as as we offer this sacrifice before the Lord. And Jesus is the one that opens the door. You see in this picture, the, the door is closed. Right. Sin is is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you but you must rule over it. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of the, the sin of, of humanity is, is there. It's, it's crouching at the door. It, it wants to, to devour you, and yet uh, Jesus opens the door into the inner sanctum to be with God Himself and allows the Spirit of the living God to enter into His temple, the people of God, His church, now this is this is deep stuff right yeah. but we're, now we're getting into corinthians right but but the temple of god is is his church the people of god first corinthians 4 talks about this and uh the way into the temple or the way that god dwells among his people is through christ through he his holy spirit
2: broken. with joy, portion and measure, sucketh the veil, Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim my helmet, Judah my scepter, Moab my basin, Edom my slave.
1: The passage is very clear. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The beginning of the text, it's a clear sign that, you know, sin is crouching at the door at the end of the text. It's a clear sign that Jesus is outside the door knocking, uh, wanting us to, to come to be with him and, and that, that's seen right here in, in this, in this passage. And it's a beautiful picture, Tim, you've done a great job at showing, you know, that temple theme throughout the text of scripture. Uh, What happens next is not, not so great. Um, Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, I'll, let me just read what it says. Verse eight says, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Um, And so just, I mean, a couple of things to point out again, very similar to the temptation narrative in Genesis three, God questions Cain. He comes to him. Hey, where, where's your brother? He asked Adam, where are you? He asked Cain, where where is he? Uh, And, and he says, there's, uh, his the blood is crying out to him, and and we won't spend a lot of time, but that's another theme that's kind of traced throughout Scripture of 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 injustice cry, coming up to to heaven and God uh, yeah. having the need to come down and deal with that, and so um, and what he does is he curses that's ultimately.
1: Why, ultimately, at the end in Revelation, that's why. The heavens and the earth are are destroyed, and the judgments come about is because of the death of, of the, 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 yeah. the death of the martyrs and their prayers rising to the nostrils yes. of God Himself.
0: Yes, and so yeah, you see that begin right there, um, but and then he he curses Cain, just like he cursed Adam, uh, and so again you just kind of see it, it's a this is a. It's, it's, it's the same story, but just different characters and a few different uh, aspects to it. Um, and then in, in verse 13, uh, it says, which this is an interesting uh, couple of verses here. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground and from your face. I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Um. And again, mm-hmm. I, you know, I Genesis, Genesis, goodness, there's so much, so many, just another connection here. But he says in verse 14, you've driven me. Today away from the ground and from your face, I shall be hidden. Like so he thinks that, that he can be hidden from God, just like Adam thought he could be hidden from God. Uh, and he placed right. upon him a, a, a mark. And there is so much, you know, theological debate on what this mark was. Uh, there just just a number of different things. I think, I think the thing though is is that you see oftentimes in scripture that uh, and we're going to, you, you'll, we'll see it in, probably in a couple of weeks after, after God's judgment is handed, he provides a sign, which is a, which is, it's a sign of his mercy. And it's a sign of his, his, his mercy upon the people he judges, and then he shows mercy. And that's what you see in the flood narrative. He judges the world and then he mm-hmm. provides a sign, a mark, and it's, it's the rainbow. So, so whatever this sign here, it's, it's a, it's a, it's merciful of God to do this. Uh, he's, he's, he's marked. Mm-hmm but but it 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 doesn't lead to his death, which it should like he should die, like that should be what happens, but he he doesn't he doesn't right. die, and so in this you see God's mercy uh upon Cain's life, where he doesn't get what he deserves,
1: yeah, so good, so good and and at the end of day the uh the revelation tells us that that there will also be marks. On those that uh, that do not believe, and those that do believe, right? So and I don't know yeah, if we want to get into that or not.
0: <laughs> we might get in trouble.
1: <laughs> well, you, you don't want to get into all of that, but the, the definite the 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 narrative there is the same. I mean, God yeah. is is placing a mark upon His people, and uh, in this case, He's placing a mark that Cain is not to be harmed. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever that mark is, it's a, it's a sign to others that this is God's man, God's possession, that he is not to, um, be harmed, but it is, it is the grace of God. I mean, it's representative of the grace of God. And I think for us, when we take, when we take a look at this passage, no matter what you have done, no matter who you are, uh, God's still has a heart to give grace and mercy. He is completely deserving of death, um, for killing his brother. And and there are consequences to his sin. He's banished from, from, uh, from, from his family. and, And now he's got to wander the earth. And, um, and now yet God still shows him grace. And, um, you know, in in God's plan of redemption, uh, this will come into play. But 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 God knew what He was doing at this point, and and uh, and He sh- continues to show us grace. Yeah, when we fail. So beautiful yeah. picture of that. I think
0: maybe just one quick uh, New Testament connection uh, today before we end, and I, I think we might end on this. Uh, but in First John chapter 4, uh, John hearkens back to this narrative, and he says in First John four eleven, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And he goes on in verse 12, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whatever, whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Uh, and so, just a a call for uh, us today to not be like Cain, obviously, uh, but but even even it's not just don't kill or don't don't hate, but, but we're called to be people of love and love for one another and care for one another, uh, regardless of, of even in a sense, how, how they've treated us. Um, we are, we are to, to lay our life down for them as Christ has laid down his life for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, man, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture, Tim. This is, this is a beautiful, beautiful passage. And I'm, I'm uh I've almost overwhelmed every time I open the scriptures. Every time I open God's word, it's overwhelming to me to see the beauty of of God's word and his truth and how the whole Bible comes together to uh to a point of Jesus on the cross, man. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Do we have any, uh, do we have any resources for, for the people today? Yeah.
0: So one, one, uh, free resource. And, and so we've, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, we've, uh, we've had a, a, a musical shift in, in some of the music that we're, we're playing. Uh, we've talked about, I think on our first episode, we talked about Erskine and he kind of provides our, our theme music. Uh, but there's a, a husband and wife group that's called Poor Bishop Hooper. And uh, they are doing a project. You can go to their website. We'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, But uh, they've got all their music is quality and it's and you can listen to it on their website. But they're doing a project now that's called Every Psalm. And they are literally taking one psalm a week and writing a song about the psalm. So they started in Psalm 1. I think they're at like Psalm 94 or 5 now, something like that. Uh, And they've been doing it for well over a year. Uh, but, but it's just a great resource. If, if you're maybe reading the Psalms and you're reading Psalm one, then maybe listen to their song. It's just a way of, of, of taking in God's word and, and helping you to meditate and think about it more. Um, I love listening to music that's, that's taken straight from scripture. Uh, it just helps kind of solidify it in my mind and I can be singing scripture better. And so anyway, poor Bishop Hooper, uh i really encourage you to check them out and i i messaged them and asked them if we could use their music and they said absolutely so a pretty cool couple uh and
1: really recommend their stuff awesome creed indeed podcast man sign up like us follow us send it to your friends we love We love hearing uh, our listeners are listening, and uh, we're we're excited to continue this podcast. So,
2: keep listening. Oh, God, who has rejected us, give us aid against the enemy. For the hell of man is nothing, but with God we gain. Trample down our enemy.
0: Thank you for listening to Creed Indeed. We are a podcast seeking to discuss biblical truth and its application to everyday life. If you are enjoying the conversations that Rob and I are having, then we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and maybe consider giving us a rating and some feedback as well as liking our page on Facebook. That will allow us to better be able to interact with you, our listener. Our theme music is entitled King of the Mountain. It's by our dear friend, Erskine Anavatarte. And our interlude and concluding music comes to you from a very talented husband and wife duo called Poor Bishop Hooper. All of their information can be found in the show notes below each episode. We want to close with this verse from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God
2: will stand forever. Grace and peace.